Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. We are in Galatians 1 today. Galatians 1. And we're going to see some interesting stuff um, that we're going to talk about. And let's get into it. It's 6 o'clock. Here we go, church. We're excited. Um, Galatians 1, let us pray. Let's get into it. Um, let's see what God has for us this morning. And um, let's start our day off right. Lord, we just thank you this Monday morning uh, that we get to be in your word, that we get to gather together on this platform, that we get to uh, learn from you. May uh, this word be yours and not my own. I surrender my tongue to you, that this, um, this word teach us and gratify us, that this uh, word of yours brings us closer to you and starts our week off right. And so that we can have the right mind frame to glorify you and to better our lives. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right, let's go ahead. Let's stretch it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm Papa Hernandez today and I have hair. <laughs> All right, Galatians 1. Um, reading out of the New King James as I normally do. Um, Verse one, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through 
the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who's, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately uh, confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith, which is once tried, which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God and me. The word of the Lord. So, a couple uh, things in here. Let's first kind of let's look at Apostle Paul and who he is as he talks about his story here, as he talks about who he is and how he got to be. He is an apostle, not from man and not from uh, man's if you will, uh, promotion of him, but of God's himself. There's a difference between being called and being recruited. Being called is something that God does. Being recruited is something that man does. Paul is saying that he was called into this and not recruited. And that's something that maybe we need to also make sure of is that is somebody called into what they're in to do? Is there uh, an influence in them? Is there uh, something about them? Is there a spiritual gift? Is there just uh, a passion, a desire burning that, that doesn't come from uh, other people into doing something? Is it something that is coming from within? Is it coming from uh, you know, a heavenly or a godly place within their lives? that's pushing them in that direction? Or is it something that somebody else kept spurring and bringing them into? What were they called into it versus were they recruited? And we can inspire people to do great and wonderful things, but we have to also kind of watch and make sure that what they are doing predominantly and what you're doing predominantly is something you're called into. It's something that, you know, you feel that shift of God in your life, and that's where you're going to work your best out of. And when we're recruited into it temporarily, we can feel great into it, but it doesn't last long because it wasn't a true calling for you in your life. Here we see Paul 
saying that this isn't of man. I'm not trying to please man, as he also talks about in here, but he's trying to do everything by which God has called him to do. This was not of something he made up on his own, and this was not something that others recruited him into doing. This was definitely not something that others recruited him into doing because he was trying to kill those that probably would have wanted to recruit him if that was not the case. But he was smacked in the face by Jesus on the Damascus road, this blinding light and knock, and they say knocked off his high horse, but I don't know if he was really riding a horse or not, but regardless, he was blinded by three for three days by this glorious light in which just completely turned around and disrupted his life. The encounter he had with Christ completely 180 his entire outlook, perspective, and mission in life. He was called by God. We're going to talk about uh, as well as this was his story. He preached the gospel of Jesus. He preached what and who Jesus Christ is and got and is getting that right and making sure that we have the right understanding of who Jesus is. But on top of that makes that what makes this story so good and that we see even in the end of this chapter, how even the churches in Judea that don't even know his face, they don't know what he looks like. They don't even refer to him by name, but they refer to him by the one who formerly persecuted the church, but now preaches the faith. The gospel is a great story, but when it has impact in your life, it becomes your story too. Your story is the best story. There's so many examples in just this chapter that talk about a lot of the things that we hold dear in our church. And when we say that your story is the best story, that's a huge part of it because exactly here, when we see Apostle Paul, that part of what gives the power to his preaching is what God has done in his life, not just being on the cross and taking his sins, but on top of it, totally transforming his life transforming his mind, transforming his heart to where now he is working for the faith and he is promoting Christ instead of persecuting him. His story is the best story and it's one that's making an impact and a ripple all throughout the Roman world and to the Gentiles here. And so it can be with you throughout your world, throughout your friends, throughout where you have influence in your area, in your community, throughout your friends and family, maybe your neighbors, whatever it is, but your story is the best story. Your story of what Christ has done in your life changing your heart, changing your mind, freeing you and breaking those chains in which we saw through the Freedom Conference this past weekend and all the goodness that God is doing in the hearts and lives of so many people. That's why a value here 
at Fusion Church is saying that your story is the best story. We see also as he goes on, he says the churches of Galatia. Galatia is a region actually in northern Turkey area. It's a, it's a regional area. There's multiple churches. If you will, you can think of this as all of the locations or campuses all throughout the Galatia region, all throughout the South Jersey region. <laughs> we can look at it very similarly to a lot of how we even see churches today, like our own and many others across the country, Gateway, um, and so many churches throughout that have multiple sites and multiple locations. Here you have multiple churches within that region of Galatia. So this letter is to not just to go to one church like uh, it is in Ephesus and um, Thessalonica and all of those others. This one is to a whole region. Galatia, the book of Galatians is one of those books that was so easily accepted because it was a mass distribution of understanding and knowledge from Apostle Paul to not just one, but multiple churches that were dealing with different issues, depending on the local church that it was uh, sent to. This was, this instruction from him was spread wide. We also see that <clears throat> going through here, he's talking about the gospel and making sure that it's correct. He's saying making sure that you don't hear or take on these false or dis different gospels that are being preached to you. Because there's many out there that will take any, any opportunity to self-glorify them, to lift themselves up and to bring influence on for themselves to get some kind of notoriety followership or anything of that nature that he's saying look don't worry about me i'm not doing this for you i'm doing this because that's what god has called me to do i'm doing this because i am a bond servant of christ if i still please men i would not be a bond servant of christ He's saying, don't pervert the gospel, make sure it's correct, because if we are sitting there twisting what God's word is, just for the tickling and the pleasuring of other people's ears, and making them happy with what we're saying all the time, are we truly sending out the true message of what God is saying? Repentance is not easy. It's not something that people naturally want to do. They want to continue in what they're doing and be uh, told that what they're doing is okay. We see that in our own society right now where we're saying, live your truth. Do you, boo, right? We see all of these uh, sayings that just make you feel happy and you continuing to do what you want to do and what your flesh desires and what your mind wants to do and what your heart is telling you to go forth. But we all know that all have fallen short of the glory of God. And that we need our minds renewed. 
we need our hearts restored. But the good, and this is why it's good news, is because it's not that we have to work for it. Christ already did the work. Christ already did the work. It is by faith in which we are saved. It is by grace in which we walk. Works are a fruit of the faith and the grace. Works are a reason why we do what we do because it comes from a place of faith it comes from a place of grace that god gives us that mercy and that love that he has for us and it turns us around and that's why we do works but if it's a works-based religion like that's that's the problem here we'll get into further as we do more chapters in galatia you're in galatians you're going to see where it's about circumcision and it's about works it's about uh doing more of the law to try to get right with god where god is saying i already got right with you by sending my son to die for your sins and give you resurrected life because of the power of the father and the holy spirit that raised jesus christ from the dead on the third day you already have what you need because I sent my only son for you. Don't worry about works. Works are a fruit of the saving love of God. But if we make works first, here's the problem. If, if works is the basis of our religion, if works is the basis in which we stand on, that are we have to have good works to do and be made right, then unfortunately, the only way to tell is because now you're getting man's approval because of those works. You have to get some kind of justification to make sure that you're doing enough good works. And that means man's approval. Men and women have to, other people have to then say, yes, Doug Overby's done enough good works to be in good standing. Yes, Jeff Quigley's done enough parking time outside of the church to say he's in good standing. Yes, we have to say that Nicole has done enough of the next steps desk to do good standing because of her works. We have to say these things within. Therefore, it is man's justification of you if it is works based. And that's the glory and the goodness of the gospel is that it's not. It's not works based. It's faith. We do parking. We do next steps. We do greeting at the door. We do hospitality. We do worship. We do preach the gospel because of what the gospel has done for us, what God has sent his son to do for us because of his everlasting love for his children. It is not because you are doing the right thing. It is because Christ did the right thing. We walk by faith, and through that walk, good works come from it. Good works flow from that love and that 
that understanding every day of the glory of our salvation. This is why it's so important to be in your word every day and to have relationship with Christ is to never get old, never get over, never get past, never just cheapen the idea that you are saved by his blood. The day where you go, wait, I'm saved. What's next? No. The day that you're sitting there just going, yeah, I'm saved. It should be, no, thank God I'm saved today and I get to walk in this Monday. I get to sit here and do whatever. I get to go to my job. I get to do whatever because of the saving grace of God. I get to go be a witness. I get to have my story of what God has done in my life and has transformed my heart and transformed my mind and given me a new purpose and given me a new direction of all that he's done for me because of the saving grace and the love that he's done. And therefore, I want to do all these good things. I want to take care of my brothers. I want to see other people come to new life. I want to see resurrection life in other people. I want to do the Freedom Conference. I want to do this because of the saving grace of Jesus Christ in my life. We never cheapen that in our daily walk, in our hourly walk, in our minute walk, in everything that we do. May we keep the focus of what God has done in our lives to say, I'm waking up with mercy and grace in my lungs. I'm breathing it in every second because of the blood of the Lamb. May that be our story today. May we get that right. May we not cheapen or, or lose the power of the gospel. May we not preach anything different than that. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. When it says to repent, it says to turn, but we have 360 degrees all the way around us. So which direction are we turning to? And if it's not zeroed in on Jesus Christ, then we are going the wrong direction. Even if it's one degree off. And just kind of putting it in scale, I was looking up like, man, if I... <clears throat> went one degree off azimuth, if I was instead of three out of 360 degrees, if I went one degree off to the left or one degree off to the right, how, what would be the difference over a long period of time of walking? I looked it up and it said, if you were walking from San Francisco to Washington, D.C. on a straight line, but you were one degree off the entire time, you wouldn't end up in D.C. at all. You would end up in northern Baltimore. You would be in Baltimore. I and mean, if you've ever been in Baltimore, that is definitely a place you don't want to be in. Uh, definitely probably in northern Baltimore. It's, it's not where you want to go. It's not the de destination you're aiming for. You have missed the mark. All because of one degree all because you got the gospel wrong. This is why Apostle Paul is saying that we have to get the gospel right. Don't get it 
wrong. Don't listen to false gospels. Don't listen to what just tickles your ear and makes you feel good and saying, live your truth and live your life and do you boo-boo and all of that mess. We have to listen to what God is talking to us and God is saying for us. This is why we keep saying you have to have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to be in his word on your own. This 6 a.m. soap, I love it. It is great. It's one of the greatest discipling tools, actually, we have here at Fusion Church. And being on this podcast and being on this Zoom and being able to gather together in this capacity over the last over two years now. This does not replace your personal time with God. Th listen to me. This does not replace your personal time with God. This is a discipleship tool, and this is a great tool. It's a wonderful thing. Keep jumping in, and it's a way of like, making sure you're you're getting what we're reading correct or um or getting good different perspectives and you know and deb is throwing down great stuff in the chat and and all of these different things and these are great and this is part of what the body of christ is for is to encourage and lift each other up and keep each other on the straight and narrow and keep each other on the correct azimuth towards um christ himself and this is what the body of christ is for but you have to also have a personal relationship with God himself. You need to be in prayer by yourself. You need to be in time worshiping the Lord and having worship music going on and, and just whatever it is, whatever, however you and God have that relationship. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's getting a wide margin Bible and you write in the Bible as you're going and highlighting and doing whatever. Maybe it is a time of just having 30 minutes of worship with him. Um, maybe it's just deeper in prayer. However, God is leading you to have a personal relationship with him so that he is our main teacher. He is our primary source of truth. We see that even Apostle Paul is saying this about himself. He's actually tearing himself down a little bit. We, uh, we initially read that he's trying to boast himself when he says, I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries. And that sounds in our earthly mind that he's trying to say, I was so much better than all the others when I was in seminary, when I was in school for just being a rabbi at the time. This was, of course, before his Damascus Road incident. But he's saying, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. His heart was in the wrong place. He's saying that I, I advanced in school because my heart was so zealous for the traditions of my father, for the traditions of my people, for the traditions of my religion, for the law and doing good works so much that I was so zealous to make sure I looked right and I did right and I exceeded above other people in a outwardly manner, that my heart was so set on that 
that it looked like I was excelling when really he wasn't. This isn't him boasting about himself. This is saying that we too often get trapped up in our personal likes and our personal wants and our personal desires and our, our idea of tradition. We like tradition. We like consistency. We like certain things that make us feel that in a way we're in control. And we have traditions even within Christianity. But the point is, is not that you're zealous for the tradition, but are you zealous for what God is trying to say through certain things? Like one of them being, we do communion. Not We love communion. I love communion. But is it for the tradition of communion? Or is it for the remembrance of his body and his blood? Let not we be in traditions for tradition's sake, but may we always remind ourselves why we do what we do. And that's where we remind ourselves of the glory of our salvation, of the glory of what God has done for us, of the glory of what these traditions and these commandments and reminding ourselves is for and Jesus says it do this in remembrance of me don't do this out of tradition do this in remembrance of me so when we do certain things when we have our traditions, may they not be for tradition's sake. May we remind ourselves of the grace and the glory and the faithfulness of God and his everlasting love for us that he sent his only son to die for us. May that not be just the first thing, but may that be everything. May that not be just the 101 class of Christianity, but may that be the everything of our faith. May we not lose sight and may we not get past or get over the fact that we are saved. And if anybody's listening today and you're questioning or doubting that, or maybe you're saying, I haven't made that decision to fully trust Christ with my life, and that I haven't made the uh, understanding and the recognition that Christ is my Lord and Savior, I pray that you do. I pray that you get a hold of your local church or a fusion is your local church you get a hold of us and so we can help you in that walk and in that furthering journey with your relationship with Jesus i pray that all of us wherever we are grow deeper and deeper with Jesus today
So today after this call, if you haven't done so already, spend some time with your father. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in worship. Spend some time reading somewhere else in the word of God today, or maybe re-dissecting uh, Galatians 1 here for, for what is being pressed on your heart. Spend some time with your father today. Because he loves you. And he wants to have that relationship with you. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the amazing example of Apostle Paul and what you've done in his life and all of the letters that he wrote and these lessons that we get to learn uh, just a, a little under 2,000 years ago. But his words that were really your words are still relevant today are still something that is taught and reminded to us today. May we remind ourselves every day of the goodness of your gospel, of the goodness of what you've done for us because you love us. May we walk in faith. May we walk in grace. May we walk in mercy. May we walk in your goodness And may the works that we do be because of your saving grace. And we don't get it any other way around. Lord, I pray for everybody on this call and everybody on this podcast that uh, I pray a blessing over them. I pray a blessing over their families, Lord. Continue to be with all of us in our hearts and minds as we go forth today. And I pray that we continue to expand your kingdom for eternity's sake and for your glory, and for your praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.